The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Kia ora everyone, welcome to Paper Cuts. This is the February edition. I'm one of your hosts, Karen Das, and I'm joined by... Gina Todd. Louisa Cossa. Today we have the usual menu of book news and book reviews and other things that aren't books and just a lot of book chat. Um, as usual, you can follow us on Twitter and Insta at PaperCutsPod and you can email us at papercutspod at gmail.com. Um, speaking of which, emails, that leads us to our first news topic. Um, we had a listener write in to us. Should I read out the email? Or yeah, yeah. I to read out this I little. Think, I think mm. it's a really nice email. It is a really nice email, and we really appreciate it. So, a listener asked, "I have one request, if it's all right and not too much admin, but if you're reviewing a book with a rape scene, sexual assault, would you mind mentioning that in the review? Once I read one of the books you all loved, and I was so unprepared for the sexual assault. I don't necessarily rule a book out if there's a sexual assault, but it's nice to go into a book mentally prepared for it." But then again, I suppose it's important to not give spoilers. So if the rest of the podcast audience would prefer it was not mentioned, that's just fine. So, yeah, we really appreciated that um, email. And it's um, fair, right? Yeah. 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 So I think um, we're all going to make a real effort now to um, just be a bit more mindful of that and mention it when we think of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we may not always get it perfect, but, um, you know, we do hear you and we're going to make an effort. So thank you so much for not calling us out, but just like asking us really nicely. It's very genuine. Something in mind. Yeah. And very valid, I think, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I share with you a good website Mm -hmm. that someone just told me about um, that could actually help with all your future endeavors with worrying about? content in mm. books and movies it's called does the dog die.com and <laughs> um you just type it in and it's all crowdsourced and it will list all the potentially triggered things that could come in such as death assault yeah. rape or you know so it's I actually quite handy i cannot believe it is called that is this your website jenna no it's it's made for jenna it's yeah. made for me. <laughs> but um, it was Someone actually our rep from penguin random house jessica who Ooh, told us about, about it. it the lovely jessica um, rice who might be tuned in now so yeah <laughs> thanks for the heads it's up. a real good tip <laughs> um And another little piece that I found that I thought was a lovely little story was about Patty Smith hearing about a break-in and vandalism at a small Portland bookshop um, and came to the rescue. Well, what happened was, I thought it was a lovely story, Passages Bookshop is a small Indian Portland and it was broken into, vandalised, leaving owner David Abel devastated. Um, Book lover Patty Smith heard about it and stepped in to help. He answered a phone call and... um, she said, oh, I heard one of my books was stolen. I can't supply you with all of the books that were stolen, but I can give you a box of mine. And then he clicked that it was Patty Smith. Aww. And she just said that she loves bookshops so much and that they're really important to her. And I guess anyone who's read her memoirs um, would know um, how definitive bookshops are to her. Oh, Patty, what a queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else have we got? The AWF programme. It's out on the 11th of March, and good timing, <laughs> just after we record our podcast. As always. always. <laughs> uh, the launch is March the 11th, and the programs, I guess, will be in bookshops and the usual places not long after that, and you can head to writersfestival.co.nz uh, to keep an eye on it. 
And I guess we'll tweet on the night and all of that kind of stuff. We'll be reporting live from the ground. Yes. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Remember last time? (laughs) It was fine. (laughs) It was fine. I tried to type in um, Jeffrey, uh, friend of the pod, Jeffrey Papadour Holman's name, and it came up as Papa Roach. (laughs) (laughs) But I managed to stop. I managed to not tweet that. (laughs) I mean... Why are you some Papa Roach just coming up in your... I don't know, man. It's I love... that's funny. <laughs> oh, I think um, Louisa and I definitely got the giggles and maybe got a few looks. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We're always disgracing Louisa ourselves. Louisa will be away from Twitter. Then. Yeah, I'll be away from Twitter. I won't be standing underneath any signs that could fall on me. Just, oh, yeah, I'll have too. a warning sign around me. And speaking of festivals, the 2020 NZ Festival of the Arts has kicked off. Yeah. 21st of February to the 15th of March. And you can nip over to festival.nz to squiz the program. That's the right website, hey? It seems, when you said that, I was seems like, surely be. there should be a .com in there somewhere. But mm, no, yeah. that seems to be it. I did a good old copy and paste. I know. So, <laughs> I mean, I right. copied and pasted it too. And yeah. It's so, yeah, there's two there's two URLs in the, in the top and they no both say that. Anyway, um, the program's chock full of brilliant events under the helm of guest curators, the one and only Laurie Anderson. What a coup to have her and Brett McKenzie. Oh, Brett McKenzie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) First I've heard of it, obviously. Um, But also Claire Maybe's involved with the... um, She is. With the the writer's um, segment. She's a little dynamo, isn't Yeah, queen. Doing a good job. Um, Love seeing all the updates. And... I'll be down there next week, and I've got three sessions. Maybe this pod will be out by then, but... Yeah, who knows. Um, and I'd love it if people would come and say hello. Should I say what the sessions are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the first one is one that we've talked about on the podcast, um, Jocka Alhathi's Celestial Bodies, and that session, I think, is sold out. Um, wow. And How just to people? be clear, this is the session that you are chairing, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just wanted to say it so you didn't have to. No pressure. <laughs> um, that is on Saturday the 7th of March at 11.30 at the Michael Fowler Centre. And then <clears throat> Sunday, Writing Women's Lives with Jocka again and Wellington writer Rajula Das. And that is at 11am. It's $19 and you can get a ticket also at the Michael Fowler Centre. And then on Sunday at 5.30, March the 8th, sounds like it'll be a really fun event called the, the Writer's Table. And you buy a ticket, you sit yourself down at the author's table and take part in a conversation about their latest books, their latest book, and you receive the book with your ticket. And I guess it's kind of an intimate event on a large scale, and some of the authors are Craig Cliff, Elspeth Sandys, um, Lawrence Fernley, mm-hmm. Jocka Alhathi, and she'll be sick of me by then. Yeah. <laughs> you guys will be best buds by yeah. then. Like. Vincent O'Malley and Rajoshi Chakraborty mm-hmm. and Linda Burgess and Lawrence Patchett. So wow, really amazing, amazing kind of it Sounds like a great party. Group. Yeah, I think I'm pouring wine. So <laughs> I'll make sure everybody's got a das pour. Yeah. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. Lou, are you going down at all? No. Neither. Uh, I want you both to. there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I won't have anybody. I'm going to be honest, it really crept up on me. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> March is a very busy month in general. Yeah. It adds a lot on it. Yeah. yeah, that's fair to say. Hmm. <laughs> and we'll be back after this break. Hi, I'm Leonie. I'm Alex. And along with our friend Michelle A. Court, we bring you On The Rag every month, which you can find at thespinoff.co.nz and on all good podcast providers. Once a month, we get together in the Spinoff studio to reflect on the previous month of news, media, current events, and just life for women in New Zealand. It's a feminist podcast. It's a shrill podcast. (laughs) And we'd love it if you listened. Hi, sorry to interrupt. We just wanted to talk to you about the Spinoff Members. Recently launched, it's a new program that allows readers to contribute to the future direction of our coverage. We'll regularly survey readers to find out what you care about and want us to cover. And if you donate over $80 annually, you'll get some sweet limited edition merch goodies. Head to thespinoff.co.nz members to find out all about it. Kakite And welcome back. 
Uh, should we talk about American Dirt? Yes. Yeah. I guess um, in our last pod we had American Dirt in our To Be Read piles. Yeah, you and Jenna, um, you and Karen did, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we also asked, you know, if we have stuff in our To Be Read piles, if anyone wants to know further, and, and Rachel from Christchurch said, I want to know what you guys think <laughs> of American Dirt. Um which there's quite a lot to dig through, but I think we'll just give a yeah. condensed version. Yeah. Louisa has read the book. I've read the whole thing, baby. I've read 60 pages. Same. And, yeah. Wow. And I actually read that kind of before the controversy even started, and the reason I tossed it aside because I thought the writing was really shit. So I just sort of thought, oh, I can't really be bothered. Yeah. I got too scared. Scared. Oh yeah, you're not a thriller girl. I'm not a. I'm not. It's my one. Another one of my triggers is um, when someone's being chased, chased. That's like quite a reoccurring nightmare I have. Mm. If someone's being chased and someone, um, the person chasing them has a gun and they're like hiding, and that's what that book is. And I was like, oh god. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But Jenna put us onto a really good podcast to listen to, which was the NPR Latino USA pod, and it was called Digging Into American Dirt. I guess we're just talking about this, like, everybody knows what the controversy is already, yeah. but I get... And we, yeah, we, we'll put that up, but we mentioned that when it was in the To Be Read pile that she had come out saying, I'm not sure if I'm the right person to mm. write this book, and then there was, like, this tidal wave of discussion. A lot backlash. of people saying, yes, you're not the right person yeah. to write this book. Um, and then also, these things you've written are wrong. This is mm. not what a Mexican person would say. Yeah, just to really quickly kind of recap maybe is that Jenny Cummins is a white lady, mm-hmm. Um white North American lady and she has written a novel about um, a woman who um, whose family are executed in Mexico and she has to flee to the States, yeah. Yeah. right? And yeah. it's a border crossing story. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's also had a huge marketing campaign. Massive, before even, you know, I mean, we received copies... Like mid to, last yeah, year. mid last year, yeah. which you know doesn't really happen yeah. that often. Yeah, I received a reading um, copy, and I'm not even really a proper person, <laughs> you know. Um, so Whatever. it's been like quite an aggressive marketing campaign. Yeah, yeah. 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 it was chosen for Oprah's book club. Um, it was sent to celebrities, including Salma Hayek, who is Latina, who has since um, retracted her support back. of that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. It, was, it was actually pretty nasty. Like it was mm. quite key to watch everything go down because it just the whole situation wasn't good for anyone it wasn't good for the author it wasn't and I don't think she's a malicious person at all and it wasn't good for the people that the that this has offended as well like from all walks of life and um yeah, I so I saw her speak. It was the first time she spoke in person after the she had the New York Times article, and um, it was pretty juicy. I must say, there were so many people squished in the room. I was at a conference in the states. She looked terrified. Mm. She had someone prepping her heart out just before she started speaking. You could just feel this tension in the air. And actually, she was um, it was actually a pretty interesting interview until um, question time. <laughs> and question time was quite intense. It's quite brave that they even opened it up to question time. I mean, it's great. Yeah. But, you know, could expect it to be intense. Uh, one thing that I would say that was really interesting was she got asked by the chair why she chose Mexico. Like, why couldn't she write about anything else or another place? And she talked about how she felt it could be a universal um, border crossing story. And and she kind of questioned herself within that, like, why did you know, like, why did she, why wasn't it? There were no place mentioned. I feel that would have made such a more interesting mm. book that it mm. could be placed in any place without her making yeah. saying what it is, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, what a time. I mean, the podcast is really worth listening to. It we really will link is. to yes. it. It's got, yeah. it, has, it has interviews with the woman who wrote the initially bad review that um, blew up. Um, Miriam Gerber. Yeah, Miriam Gerber. She was commissioned by Ms. Magazine to write it. And then once she read it and wrote it and wrote a fairly um, 
reverse critique of the book and they just said we're not publishing this and then she published it elsewhere Mm -hmm. and that's when it all kind of blew up. So they had her, they had Sandra Cisneros who was was the very famous Latina author of Mm -hmm. um, The House on Mango Street Um, and then they had um, another writer, Luis Alberto Yoria, who was sent a review copy of the book with a a note of thanks from Cummins, um, you know, saying, you know, thank you for the kind of inspiration and he was quite weirded out because it seemed as though she had lifted something quite specific mm. from one of his books. Mm. And it also has Cummins herself. So it's really, really interesting. Mm. Um, I will say I read the book. Oh, yeah. What did you think? Um, I thought the writing was not great. Um, I thought – so this is not a book that I actually would have picked up and read were it not for the controversy. And mm. if I hadn't been sent a review copy, I wouldn't have gone out and purchased one. Mm. It's just not really my cup of tea. Mm. It's kind of like general fiction rather than literary fiction, not to be like a horrible snooty bitch, but we all know what this is by this point. Mm. Um, So, uh, you know, it's not it's not really for me. And I, I find that the prose is actually quite purple and quite flabby. Um, yeah. So many like clunky, clumsy metaphors yes. piled up on each other and they don't quite make sense. Yeah. And they're often like just really unnecessary. Like I remember like, you know, they're talking about little boy and, and she says, you know, instead of like, you know, he looked down and folded his arm, she says, he folds his head into the dark triangles yeah. of his elbows. There's <laughs> lots of weird, um, <laughs> lots of weird things like that in and, the book. And Louisa, you were describing how every person has their black hair described. Oh, yes. I, um, I, I started dog-earing. You guys can see there's quite a few. I started dog-earing um, every time she mentioned a character's black hair. Just and to, you know. fucking weird. I'm like, dude, like you don't need to tell us that they have black hair. I mean, honestly, like a lot of people in Mexico have black hair. And also, is it relevant? Mm. Um, it was really jarring and quite funny as well. <laughs> And I, I don't know, like, I think, like you say, like, I don't think Cummins had bad intentions, no. but I think that this is one of those, it's one of those situations where you make a mistake and you learn and you think. Mm. And I think that this book is kind of like the death throw of the old scenario yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of everyone, you know, like 10 years ago, no one would have batted an eyelid because no. then we were still living in a world where I think the sort of media status quo was that, that, you know, the we of the media, the we that we always, that is always talked about in blurbs mm. was white people. Mm. And, and the, and, you know, if, if, you know, anyone who's not white was being yeah. talked about, it was seen through a lens yeah. throughout, through that lens of that we. And I think that that, that default of, you know, white people looking outwards mm. at the world, no, is, is being challenged and is kind of falling down and, I think one of the positive things about this whole thing is that, you know, this sort of thing in literature has been happening in publishing forever. And, but the good thing is that it shows now that people are increasingly having more of a voice to speak up and criticism and call it out and have a discussion about it. Whereas, mm. you know, yeah, that wouldn't have happened before. And I think that is quite progressive. Absolutely. And it's just kind of made us think about things like, I know I go on about this all the time, but you know, the wider publishing industry needing to really look hard at themselves and commissioning editors. And that is one of diversity in the trade. And we just. We need to see more of that. And yeah. kind of poses the question of who this book was really for. Um, you know, um, oh, Luis I think Alberto. It was for white people. <laughs> he talks about in the book how he had written a similar kind of book and it took him 10 years to get it published. And New York publishers were saying to him, you need to change your name. No one wants to read a book by someone with a weird name. Um <laughs> You know, I think so those days up. are going to be over. Mm, I think I so. Hope. I hope so too. And, you know, God bless the internet because, you know, that has given yeah. so many more people a voice a voice and a platform that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, this I'm sure that people have always felt offended by their stories yeah. being co-opted, but they just didn't have a place to um, reach the wider world with their perspective. I will say, though, that Tinder Press has done some great publishing and they have some great authors on their list. Yeah, they really do. Um, I published some brilliant work, just not this one. Yeah, yeah, agree. Mm. Um, so yeah, really, really do recommend that pod. I could just talk mm. about this for, for hours. And but. good on her for fronting up as well. You can tell that she's so um, regretful, and I did really enjoy hearing her perspective on the whole. That thing. podcast that could have been twice as long. I would. I just ate it up. It, it was, was good. Yeah, so good. Do you know some of the 
One thing I was thinking of, um, some people who loved the book um, have said, oh, you know, um, it's a novel that's, you know, people need to get over it. I think that kind of misses the point of what people have been critiquing. Mm. It's not that that people have been critiquing. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. more the execution and the content and the kind of um, misfires of um, appropriation. Um, yeah. There's so much about this book that is problematic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, l- like you say, I, d- I don't think that everyone should be, you know, like lined up and, and shot at, you know, like, no, you know, but but there is a lot that's problematic, you know, that you, that we could drill down into. Like there's the front matter where she talks yeah. about how someone browner than her could have written it. Like it's just it's just like a, mm. it's a whole lot of mm. nope. Um, mm. It's a whole lot of cringe. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely been interesting to watch the controversy. And you know what, for better or for worse – we are talking about, you know, uh, you know. Hopefully, this will shine a spotlight on some actually Absolutely. Latino and Latino writers who yeah. are running about the border crisis. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So that would be a pleasing outcome. Yeah. Mm. And I think that is already happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I'm interested to hear what other people think about that. Absolutely. Well. Send, yeah. send yeah. us your ideas. Hit us yeah. up. Tell us your thoughts. So, are we on to book reviews? Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, full disclosure, I have not finished this book. Um, but I am enjoying it so much and I'm I just I'm dying to talk about it. Honestly. Okay. Okay. Mm, okay. Yeah. Great. So the book is Separation Anxiety by Laura Zygman. Um so I have a proof copy. This is an international title that's being distributed by my work penguin. Um so I got a reading copy. Um, and the reason I picked it up is because it's being passed around the office and everyone's raving over it. Um, so this is um, – so Becky Innes um, recommended this to me. I, I got her name wrong in the last podcast. Oh. <laughs> so apologize, apologies to did Becky they, Innes and to Becky Nunes, <laughs> the photographer. <laughs> did that get pointed out to you? No, I, I, I like shot up in bed that night, I think, and was like, oh, God. <laughs> Which often happens to me after the podcast, and I often am like, guys, guys, I made a mistake, and you guys are like, no one's going to care or notice. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking me off the ledge. Anyways, um, so Becky described this to me as like, she was like, I don't know if it'll be your thing. It's like, it's basically like the genre is middle-aged, neurotic Jewish lady. I was like, that's definitely my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> that practically is me at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah, I knew you would be. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of – it's it's hilarious. It's very, very funny. So it's about this lady. Her name is Judy Vogel, and she is kind of a washed-up writer. Mm. So she wrote a really big hit, like a one-hit wonder novel um, called, I think, Is That a Bird on Your Head? Which you can just <laughs> imagine it, right? It's just got such Put a like, bird on it. Yeah. Is that a bird on your head? Like, and so it's a children's book about like, you know, like a picture book about like being different and like yes. not worrying if people <laughs> look at you like there's a bird on your head. Um and so she, yeah, she wrote that, and now she's kind of living off the proceeds. She's got writer's block. She's got a failing marriage. She's just got her um, son, you know, her only son is now a teenager, and he's drifting away from her. And she is just like, frankly, not okay at all. And she is trying to Marie Kondo her life. It's really funny because they don't mention Marie Kondo, so obviously <laughs> there was like, you know, they were doing some making sure that they didn't legally do anything bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she's Marie kondo her basement and she finds, like, a box of old baby stuff and she's, like, you know, morbidly going through it and she finds this, like, organic baby sling that this lady gave her once and she's, like, she wears it. She puts it on. She's, like, I need something to put in it. And she, like, she sees her dog. <laughs> <laughs> And so she puts the dog in the sling and she just starts wearing it everywhere. Like at first she's doing it in secret. And then what she just kind like, of dog is it? Oh, sorry. It's a Sheltie, which is apparently like a mini Lassie dog, like uh-huh. a mini Border Collie. So I feel like probably a bit too large to be worn in a sling, in a sling but, um, you know, she How manages it. Dog? Quite cumbersome. How old is the dog? Don't know. Hmm. Um, don't think it's going to die, but haven't finished the book. <laughs> that would be terrible. Um, trigger warning for Jenna. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Um 
So it's it's just so funny and so sharp. And I read it right after I finished American Dirt. Mm. Like, sorry, not to harp on, on that, but just to say, like, to go from that prose, which I really found like way too way too overloaded and top heavy, to this, which is so sharp, so funny, so concise. But you know, not only is it funny and snappy, which it really, really is, but it's also heartbreaking and moving mm. and and you know just so sad. But yeah, it's it's oh, I just can't. I'm, I'm so enjoying it. I just oh, want to go home and finish. I'm like, God oh. damn it, let me out of this studio so I can go home and finish reading this book. Oh, it sounds great. Great um, read. If the dog dies, just blink at me twice. Okay, I don't know yet. So. When you know. <laughs> okay, I'll just come up to you and blink twice. Yeah. Um, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> You're right, Louisa. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm always blinking, so <laughs> good luck with that. Um, <laughs> Blinking, blinking and winking. Um, so I believe that this comes out really soon in yeah. March. Um, so Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah it sounds great. Yeah, it's Ordered a, a pile. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I'll just see if I've got anything in my wee notes. Nah, that's it. Um, great rave. Do recommend. Um, you. Sorry I haven't finished it. Um, but oh, I, you're well way, well yeah. way through. Thank you. Well, thank you. Halfway. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, halfway. <laughs> yeah, great rave. I have read some books where they're so good at the start, and then by the end, they're such a clunker. Yeah, well, I spoke mm. to Becky today, and I was like, Becky, does it get bad? She was like, no. I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> does it get bad? <laughs> well, you know, I trust her yeah, judgment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Who's Thank next? you. That was awesome. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, I loved that. Um, should I go next? Yeah. Mine's a bit more... Not as crack up. <laughs> but um, the book I read recently and really loved was Strange Hotel by Emma McBride, mm. published by Faber. And you guys will know that Emma McBride is best known for her first novel, A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013 won the Goldsmith Prize and the Woman's Prize for Fiction and I loved her second novel as well, The Lesser Bohemians and she's just a really strikingly modernist writer um, really inventive approach to style and voice and narrative and it's quite an uneasy read I think Um, I guess liken it to Rachel Cusk particularly the Outline Trilogy and um, you know that fragmentary stream of consciousness and inner monologue um, it's mostly told in the third person and our unnamed narrator she's 35 at the beginning and it begins yeah so it begins then and then by the end she's almost 50 and we follow her as she moves between a series of hotels just hotel rooms, you know, the kind of anonymous hotel oh, rooms. Oh, yeah. That's and very cusk. Yeah, very they're in France, Prague, Oslo, Auckland, uh, Austin. And we learn that maybe she had a partner who died um, or has experienced some kind of loss. So she's constantly moving between um, all these hotels. And I really love how McBride really evokes and um, captures the weirdness of hotels. Um, hotels as liminal spaces, kind of like, I guess, airports, hospitals, mm. Waiting rooms or art galleries, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they can be anywhere, timeless and placeless places. And it's got a kind of panicky, claustrophobic and angsty kind of tone. Uh, it's quite delicious. Um, at one point, she says, if the past comes in, it will wring my neck. And to me, I love that line. It's so good. And it really reminds me of um, Edna O'Brien, another fantastic Irish writer who I love, and this book actually does remind me of um, Edna O'Brien's 1972 novel, Night. Mm. It's got that same kind of vibe, but she's just got a really spare and exacting style, and it's only 149 pages long. It's really slim, and... um, I think it needs to be read. I've said this before, but it needs to be read in one feverish sitting in one go um, with a cold white wine, which is what our character orders by the bottle from room service. Oh, my God, we forgot the wine today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, is she a writer in the book? And is that why, why is she in the hotels? We don't, really, we don't know anything about her, mm. but I'm sort of picturing this as a writer who's at writers' festivals around the world like Emma McBride came to Auckland and she writes a little bit about Auckland. Yeah, but we just sort of learn these little bits about her and it kind of um, beautifully shifts 
a sexual dynamic where uh, she'll have a man come into her room and then afterwards she's sort of like, okay, cool, you can you can go now, just get the fuck out of here kind of thing. It just sort of subverts mm. that um, that kind of norm and it's a quietly radical book, I think. But, you know, I think readers are really up to this because Girl is a Half-Formed Thing was 2013 and people bought that in droves. It won the Women's Prize, you know, which is right. pretty accessible and that was, you know, a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love her. She's sort of navigating the, the mini bar and checking things <laughs> out. And I have to say, I, I love hotel rooms and those, kind of, those kind of liminal spaces. Yeah, me too. Because don't you just feel like you're just like freed from all expectation mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. all responsibilities? Got Even no washing to fold and you've yeah, got Yeah, exactly. No one necessarily immediately at you. Yeah. You can kind of shut that door. And, and yeah, yeah, and like with those men, like you were saying, like, you know, that mm. she's just got this like little lockbox. I, I just wish she'd mentioned the Gideon's Bible. Because oh. <laughs> that just is really something that kind of chills me to the bone when you open the drawer and there's a Bible it's in there. Such it's creepy touch. It's so gross. E television and the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I was just um, in like a hotel room recently, yeah. a security guard walked in while I was <gasps> in there. It gave me such really? a fright. Yeah. Oh what God, do you mean? What did he do? He just like walked in and was like, oh, oh, sorry. And then oh, it was like, wrong room. Yeah, oh, it was so weird. Were you creeped out? I was creeped out and then I kind of forgot about it until now. <laughs> you blocked it out. Well, yeah. this is the wonder of the hotel room. Yeah, because you think just you feel so um, like no one can touch like you. Like a pod. Although I have to say, I had this. I still kind of have nightmares about it. Hotel Pennsylvania in New York because on the 13th floor, it's um, the floor where um, that guy jumped out of the window and it was rumoured he was murdered by the CIA. There was a TV series oh, yeah. made about it. I was probably in the same room as um, <laughs> there were like blood stains in the hallway. Anyway, um, the room that I was in <clears throat> had a connecting door with mm. a mirror on it, and the only thing that it was just held together by this really flimsy chain. And you could see the light on underneath, and you could hear a man behind the door kind of ranting and raving. And I was so scared. I put my big suitcase against it. I, oh. I thought he was going to burst through it. But were you staying at the hotel as like a tourist, like, I'm going to stay at this freaky hotel? No. Just <laughs> <laughs> no. It was where the People's Court was filmed mm. and Wardoff and Statler were, um, you know, the Muppet characters. Mm. They were named after that hotel because it used to be ah. had a different name. Um <laughs> Anyway, that was a, a <laughs> wild like gone on a tangent. We're just, um, but the, I haven't got the cover here to show you guys, but I love the cover. It reminds me of a 1970s Edna O'Brien paperback. It's got a kind of milky, hazy 1970s flake commercial aesthetic. And um, I just think she's a really gutsy, exciting, adventurous, and quite an important writer. I think she's a bit of a rock star. Because when Girl and It's a Half-Form thing came out, everyone was like, whoa, this is not a normal narrative. It's like playing with form and it was quite outrageous. Quite radical. People loved it. Yeah. So um, I recommend this book. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued by this book. I didn't read The Lesser Bohemians, but maybe I should. I loved that book. Yeah, I found Girl's a Half-Form thing. It was one of those books that um, kind of grabs you by the throat and Mm. you're like, I don't know if I like this. And then you're like, oh, I do like it. (laughs) I like it. Um, Oh, I like it. (laughs) The Lesser Bohemians was quite different because it was much more of a linear kind of narrative and it was just sort of grubby London, a toxic relationship between an older actor and um, a male and a younger girl. It was fantastic. Great book. But people don't really talk about that one. No, Mm. not so much. Well, maybe people people are talking about this one. So that's my review. Thank you, Karen. Cool. Thanks. Awesome. Um, I'm going to read some po- review some poetry, which I feel a little bit out of my depth <laughs> talking about because I'm not a poetry person. Feel but, free to read some poetry as well. Oh, mm. okay. Um, I thought you were going to say I'm going to read some poetry. Yes, <laughs> my, my own poetry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, this is Head Girl really by Freya Daly. 
Sedgrove. Yep. This is published by VUP. I think she lives in Wellington. From, yeah. Um, yeah. And I immediately like cackled and laughed when I opened it to the dedication page, which is like crossed out and it just says for my enemies. Love it. <laughs> really good. Um, so this kind of sits within the poetry that is a fuck you to what would be imagined as traditional patriarchal poetry breaking rules and I don't know what the rules are but it seems like she's breaking them (laughs) and it's truly just dark comedy um it's a book about depression and sex it's introspective it's sly it quotes Backstreet Boys Vanessa Vanessa Carlton and Shrek um and I just I laughed who's Vanessa Carlton that was my question too sorry she sings that (laughs) making my way down yeah yeah Oh my God. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Sorry. Sweet. Sweet. Um, got it. You got it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fe- I feel centered in this book. <laughs> so, but yeah, maybe that speaks to you. I found a little part of a poem that I thought was really funny. I'll just, there's lots of little, see, I have lots of bookmarks in yeah. here. Um, of great little snippets to read out. This is from Big Handsome Boys. Being 15 meant my sister was 18, which meant, which was maybe worth more points than ever, even having, oh, sorry, this is why I can't do poetry, even than having a boyfriend, because she could get us KGBs, which like, if you're old and don't know shit, is a drink you drink when you're 15 in 2018, through 2008. I believe it's named after some kind of Russian thingy. I deem you a stock image of someone throwing a shaka, and when I go home without crying, I can do this because I've spent my whole life doing kegels, but for my eyes, and I'm just too strong. That's from look at me in the ass and tell me that you're happy now. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite titles of a poem is... um, I used to be head girl of my high school and now I am a massive cunt. <laughs> so that's the kind of style you, you know, can you, can you place it? Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen her live, but she has like her own YouTube channel and there's a lot of videos of her screaming. And then, um, there's a show <laughs> like at Primal, Primal Scream. Yeah. It's about different screaming up about different emotions. And, um, there's a video of her. I think I'm pretty sure she's at Meow in Wellington and she's like doing poetry with a drummer and she's headbanging and she has lots of like great intros into the poems. It's just, it's just pretty cool. And if you're not a big poetry person, you like laugh. I think it's good. But then it has this darkness to it as well that yeah. really like Irish Catholic humor that mm. I like about mm. suicide and mm. stuff. Um, but yeah, I was wondering about you guys with poetry because you know when you read it and you just read it from cover to cover it feels quite hard to just take a break and not run into poem after poem so do you just read it all in one kind of go or do you dip in I just read it from cover to cover yeah right but I feel like I still have to go back and I don't know how do you do it like how would I I really struggle with reading collections of poetry actually for that reason Mm. like I'm like I'll I'll like start reading it cover to cover and they'll be like I want to do something else and then I'll like put it aside I mean I'm not the greatest poetry reader I'm not gonna lie I can't read it in one and start to finish I tend to look at um I just dip in and out and read them out of sequence which isn't my normal way of reading how do you don't know you don't miss something well, I look at the um, contents page yeah. and I look at the poem names yeah. and then I'll be like, oh, I like the, I like the sound <laughs> of that. And then I'll go in and, yeah. But the last um, poetry book I really loved was um, Listening In by Lindley Edmeads, mm. published by Otago University Press. And it's just all about sound and listening and it's really avant-garde and kind of really, it's just amazing great use of language quite crack up as well so Mm -hmm. it's not just academic and dry Mm, it's a hard balance and I think she does that so well Mm. and that was one that I read in bits yeah over time it's I yeah I find it interesting to know how it's like a short story collection I find if I don't read it from start to finish, I won't finish it at all. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess I guess uh, you could argue that there's no need to finish in that yeah. way that you do with a novel. Um, it's always there. But it's interesting because it. the the placement of poems is quite 
intentional and you know it's kind of like a like an album mm. um you know like a music album you know how we used to listen to those um, <laughs> <laughs> all those songs on yes. the row yes <laughs> tell <indeed>. a narrative <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah it's it's a it's a really good point jenna yeah um, yeah good question um yeah how can you answer that but my favorite poems were reasonable requests which is actually quite a normal poem, it seems, in this book. And then I really liked this, the last poem called To Duckin. Ah. I feel like, are you going to read us something from I, that? I'm dying for you to read us something. Oh, Just a little gosh. bit more. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like Freya. Um, <laughs> I want to be, this is from Reasonable Requests, it's near the end. I want to be at the top of the list of things you are indifferent to, and I want you to be at the top of the lists of things that are indifferent to me. I want my face on the front page of a newspaper, on display in a shop window, in the background of a single panel in a critically acclaimed graphic novel that comes out when I'm 30 or already dead. I want you to get it out of the library and skim read it. Damn. Yeah. Thank you. She's Yeah, it's cool. I think she, I... It's getting me into stuff, I think. So. Ah, yay. Um, and I just really wanted to mention quickly in the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado, because mm. um I've already reviewed this on BFM, but I just loved it so much. I just feel like yeah. paper cuts people need to listen to it too. And um it's a brilliantly haunting memoir about Machado's relationship with an ex that um, was psychologically abusive and I would give a heavy trigger warning for this because even I felt triggered and I haven't even been psychologically abused mm. or maybe I haven't might not realize it <laughs> and she places Are you looking at me yeah. <laughs> she actually was <laughs> um, she places her experience within the context of queer abuse in history pop culture and folklore um, it's just come out in New Zealand published mm. by Serpent's Tale with a beautiful orange color oh, a stunner. that matches her short story collection her body and other parties so I definitely recommend it such a smart memoir hell yeah her body and other parties it. was great that was great this is so much better oh, amazing yeah, I can't wait to read this Jenna yeah, yeah. super gothic which mm. I know we, we like but yeah, yeah um, we're better to that yeah mm -hmm. gosh it's so intense it's, yeah it's great great thank you the end good rave <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nice. that's it right yeah so, are we onto the TBR pile? Yeah. Or are we onto not books? Oh, not books. Hold on. Let's not do books. not books first because okay. TBR pile is like quite a nice, like, ah, nice little book. To be continued. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, not books. I just have a really micro one. I don't really have one. I was on the bus this morning and kind of thinking on my way to work, man, my life is just books. It's quite, I don't know if it's healthy. <laughs> It's challenging. It's my it? work and it's my hobby and it's kind of all I've got. And is that <laughs> is that sick? I feel the same way. I said I said to someone the other day, I've ruined what I love by doing it as That's a job. Funny, eh? Um but anyway, but I do love film as well. And I watched an amazing film recently um called Three Women by Robert Altman. Have either of you guys seen it? I have often thought about watching oh, it. Oh man, I just <laughs> I haven't seen it. I highly, highly recommend it. It's this amazing avant-garde psychodrama from 1977, and it stars Sissy Spacek and Shelley Duvall, Those who do both, I love them both so much. They yeah. both do amazing roles and quite edgy. You know, like not Hollywood. Um, oh God, what a time. What a time for Hollywood. Fucking brave um, actors, I reckon. And anyway, Robert Altman wrote and directed this film. And I guess this was before he went on to make really popular Hollywood films. You know, he made um, Popeye and MASH and Shortcuts and The Player and... Um, but this is just before that. He did another film, which is in my top three favourite films of all time. It's called Images, and it stars Susanna York, and it's another crazy psychodrama with um, an amazing, most amazing use of sound that I've ever heard in a film, really, and amazing use of soundtrack and sound and with the image it's just incredible when I used to teach film I used to show that film to my students um all the time <laughs> and subject them to crazy psychodramas 
<laughs> you have the power. Yeah, yeah. But this film is um, set in a dry, dusty town in California, and it's about this really strange dynamic and relationship between two young women who work in a rehabilitation care centre, and they become roommates, and things get really, really weird where they sort of start turning into the same person and swapping identities and it's kind of about obsession and it's quite disturbing and uneasy and it is amazing to look at. You don't want to blink because his use of framing and colour and art direction and the costumes and what they wear is incredible and they're living in this tiny little um, flat and they share a room. (laughs) Oh, two single beds, too close to home. Yeah, <laughs> two single beds kind of squashed almost together and Sissy Spacek's character starts reading Shelley Duvall's um, diary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so juicy. And Shelley Duvall's kind of this sad character where she's really kind of outgoing and thinks she's kind of like this lady about town and everyone likes her and she's talking all the time and people actually can't stand her and they're trying to avoid her. Oh, no. It's kind of no. it's kind of awful. Oh, and then, and then they have this almost abusive um, relationship and Sissy Spacek's character becomes really obsessed with Shelley Duvall mm. And you feel really sorry for Sissy, but then it just shifts and your whole allegiance. It's just, it's amazing. Oh, cool. Um, Bizarre, bizarre dynamic. So good. I'm just, I feel like I'm going to be searching for a film like this to recreate that buzz Mm. forever. Forever. (laughs) So that's my micro. Holy shit. That sounds great. Yeah. Do you want me to go next? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Um, So my not books is the new reality, newish reality TV series Next in Fashion. It's on Netflix. Um, So this was one of those, you know, like when you're watching Netflix and, Mm. you know, you finish what you're watching and it pops up with a watch this and I'm always like no fuck off I hate before hate we that. have a chance to yeah. Yeah. like no thank you no I don't want to watch that um, but this I was like eh, yeah, I'm intrigued um, so it the premise is basically Project Runway but with already established designers from around the world mm-hmm. and it's British and it is um, the hosts uh, hosts I don't know hosts yeah sure why not um, are Alexa Chung and Tan France. Tan France. Um, both very delightful and bubbly, and they have a really great dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jenna has watched this as well, and mm-hmm. we've been messaging about it. Yes. Hi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. On our other thread. Yes. Is this uh, when so you're at that thread. book club that um, <laughs> I'm not invited to? Okay. I notice you don't mention that anymore. <laughs> Um, so it's very wholesome. I'm just going to ignore you, Sweet Karen. Um, very wholesome. It's just full of joy. And the clothes are – this is the problem that I had with Project Runway sometimes is that the clothes are sometimes so fucking awful. So like mm. arts and crafts, so basic, so non-aspirational. I'm like, fuck off out of here with your fucking macrame, like, bullshit. <laughs> I still watch Project Runway. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, I get it. It was interesting watching these side by side. I liked that the clothes were good, mm. um, you know, almost consistently good, I would say. Um, and the people on it were quite well chosen, I think. They were really mostly quite appealing. Um, you, I felt every time someone went home, I was like, I don't want them to go. Yeah. I was love all, them. Almost zero drama yeah, it was personally, very, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was just a very happy, wholesome watch, but also very compulsive. And, oh, my God. Alexa Chunk can wear the hell out of a dress. Like yeah. she just oh More every time anything. she came on screen wearing something, I was like, ah Yeah. Why? Why can't I be you? <laughs> She's like the clothes someone, that you're wearing. I don't you know. don't want to like her, but you can't help it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. She is kind of annoying, yeah. but she's she looks fucking great. Yeah. Um and her dynamic with Tan is really cute mm. and he's delightful. He he cries in it, which oh, is just she cries too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's uh, really do recommend as a bit of a bit of frog a bit of light entertainment. I cried so much in the final. I cried about four times. <laughs> That's when I was messaging. <laughs> it was like watching the Cascadeers, like crying at the same level. Huh. I didn't cry during either. <laughs> It's because you're cold. I cried everything, Karen. Yeah, I know. That's true, actually. We both do. <laughs> I don't know. When I'm watching TV, I'm just like, 
too busy eating to cry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. my review for books. Yeah, I second next in fashion. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to review the movie Emma. Full stop. Oh, Emma, period. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does it have a full stop in the... <laughs> yeah. It's a period drama. Cool. Um, directed by Autumn DeWild and then the adapted screenplay is by Eleanor Catton. Yeah. And um, I haven't read Emma since reading when it was newly released, the Gwyneth Paltrow tie-in <laughs> cover when I was at Intermediate. Um, but we studied uh, Clueless at high school. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just as a, I just forget how Jane Austen just throws throws you right into it. You're like, who the fuck is this? What is this? Like, all these characters <laughs> just, like, turning up and even turning up halfway through the film, like, they're a main character, but they're barely in it. But um, Anya Taylor-Joy plays Emma Woodhouse. She was really, she's re- like, she's really good. You can tell that Autumn DeWilde is just so obsessed with her. There's, like, so many close-ups of her face. Stu said it made him feel quite uncomfortable with how many close-ups she had. She's a very beautiful woman. Yeah, she's um, like a deer. Yeah. Yeah, doe-eyed girl. Um, And Mia Goth um, is Harriet Smith, and she was really great. So she's the friend that um, Emma's trying to set up with, like, all the wrong people, and her face is just incredible. She's the tie. Yeah. And she has no eyebrows, and she's sort of just (laughs) – she's quite interesting looking, but when she smiles, her face just – just works it's magic she's she was great bill nye he was hilarious and he barely had any lines it was just really good i'm just like your his script would have been like half a page but he just would have had to always just be there um new yorker calls the movie edible and dewild says she wanted to be like a pastry shop so it's really twee pastels millennial Mm. pink with yellow gold and like totally my style of of colors and it's really worth watching just for alexa burns's costumes they're just amazing that's Mm. some of the best costumes i've ever seen that beautiful um i was talking to my friend michelle about this yesterday and we were like yeah, nothing is really added to the story, mm. but it's just beautiful and it's a great yeah. story. And the climactic um, betrayal of Emma is performed amazingly. So the whole cinema gasp when Emma says this like really awful thing to Mrs. Bates. It was good. But in my quiz team last night, one of our questions was in nine, uh, 1811 when Sense and Sensibility came out, what, what did it say as the author? And it was by a lady. Ah, didn't know that. Hmm. I did, so I wrote it in, but it was a clue <laughs> question. But yeah, but, um, yeah. So yeah, good movie. I thought St. Luke's Cinema was way too cold. That's my review of the cinema. Cinemas are cold. Why are you freezing? Oh yeah, you got to bring your pashmina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a pashmina, but <laughs> I wish I had a pashmina. Yeah, yeah. I was freezing. Well, don't we all? Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that it wasn't directed by Sofia Coppola. It oh, seems yeah, like right. something that she would direct. But yeah. yes, um, this is Autumn Dewald's first feature film, am I right? I know her as a photographer, mainly. And she does like music videos and yeah. stuff. She seems very cool. She's like over six foot and w- walks with a cane. And she has a kid called Arrow. That's who's right. Oh, I used to follow her on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was very like... Until you unfollowed Yeah, it, it was very like aspirationally twee, I oh, would okay. say. Um, yeah, and this is pretty much what this movie is, but enjoyable. Yeah, yeah I'm curious. Mm, yeah, sure. I definitely want to see it. Yeah. I love a good dress. Oh, I love amazing. the sound of the art direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. That's great. Uh, shall we move on to the TBR? Yeah, we're on the home street, guys. Yeah. 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 Who wants to go first? Knock it out. I'll go, I'll go next. Okay. I mean first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I um, these things are actually mostly books I'm reading at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am reading Middlemarch on my phone, <laughs> just like a like, you know, like a little ebook. Have you like, been reading that for ages? Yes. Have I already talked about it? Okay. Well, I, I can't apolo- remember if it was on the podcast. I apologize if I have, but I just wanted to like I was just like frothing over over the weekend because I like, you know, I was lying in bed and I like brought up my phone and I was like, I'll just read a bit of Middle March and I was enjoying it so much. It's so funny. Um, it's got really great like historical stuff about the mm. reform, like um, the reform where they um, got rid of the rotten boroughs, um, which was basically just like making um, English um, 
the English law system way more equitable. It meant that people other than the landed gentry could um, have a say in what happened to the country. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, like a, just a really interesting period that I didn't know that much about, um, but also like lots of like really great like romance and country life, country gossip. Um, so I'm really enjoying that just like, you know, when you're like at the gym or whatever and you're like, I have time to kill and I don't want to be scrolling on Facebook. So, mm. yeah, do recommend having a little – a little PDF tucked nice. away on your phone. Good idea. I just take a book when I'm waiting at the yeah, gym. Yeah, I do too. But yeah. Honestly, my bag weighs like, yeah, like so much. I'm I'm trying not to carry books around with me, like physical copies. Mm. But it is a struggle. Fair enough. Um, and then on audiobook, I am listening to Olive Kitteridge by Elizabeth Strout. Ah. And, oh, God, it's so bloody good. Have you guys read it? I haven't yeah, read it. It's amazing. No. It's just a classic. Yeah. Um, you know, like when I worked in the bookstore, it was just like, you know, a, you know, what do I get for X, Y, or Z? The answer the was always Olive yeah. Kitteridge. Yeah. Um, now it's Olive again. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's Olive again. Yeah. So, yep, that's out at the moment. Um, just like scenes from country life. Um, the main character, Olive, is so, um, you know, one of those people who probably nowadays would be a Karen who yeah. wants to speak to the manager. <laughs> but you get this really beautiful view into her interior life behind the spiky persona. It's just, it's just wonderful. Cannot recommend enough. Everyone knows an Olive. Exactly. Um, and then I've on my list, I just got um, just received from the library a copy of Department of Speculation by Jenny Hoffel, and I cannot oh, wait to read it. Love that cool. book. Prepare you for weather. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Doing my doing my backlist reading to prepare myself. Um, and weather comes out next month, very soon. Yeah, very soon. Like yeah. maybe in a week. Oh, cool. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, I think it's been invoiced to us. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th that is my pile. Great. Great Can't wait to talk to you about depth of speculation. Yes. yes. Um, so my TBR pile is basically what I'm currently kind of reading as well and what, what I'll finish. But I'm currently reading Out of the Woods by Luke Turner, published by Weidenfeld and Nicholson. And I'm going to review that on RNZ on March the 12th. Mm -hmm. um, this is just an amazing memoir of the natural world, sex and religion and sexuality. He's, um, Luke Turner is a queer writer and he is the co-founder and co-editor of a website that I really like called The Quietus. Mm -hmm. And I love his writing. He's fantastic. And I love too that he has critiqued the very popular new wave of highly personal nature writing. White man walking. <laughs> yep, white man walking. <laughs> oh my God, is that what people are yeah. calling it? Yep. And, and he, Brutal. <laughs> I just like that he's called that out. He said, you know, much of what he found in the genre bothered him because it was very posh people writing about the great insight they'd gleaned from buying a farm or cottage and wandering around it all day. And he just says, you know, I felt that to be very exclusionary and privileged. And his book, I think, really elevates the genre. It's not all pristine and idyllic. It's grubby and has social realism and he just brings in this beautiful complex net of things it's you know just how you have the best example of a genre I think mm. this is sort of turning out to be one of those so I'm looking forward to finishing that before the 12th of March and another book um, <clears throat> that I started reading and had to abandon is The Undying, a Meditation on Modern Illness by Anne Boyer, published by Alan Lane. I had to abandon it because I got really sick. <laughs> and it was it's just it was a bit too much. It's about um, illness and it's absolutely fucking devastating and it's a really profound and angry and upsetting book and it looks at cancer, class, inequality and the cost of recovery and healthcare under capitalism um, and the wellness industry, she critiques that and who has access to it and each line is just poetry really and it will, it will destroy you and it's such an amazing book. But Anne Boyer is an American essayist, poet and writer and a week after her 41st birthday she found out she had a really aggressive form of breast cancer and she was a single mother living paycheck to paycheck and I think working as a lecturer um, and this is just her really clear-sighted look at mortality and the gendered nature and the politics of illness and it's just 
There's been a long line of women um, who, artists and writers who have written about illness, you know, Kathy Acker, Susan Sontag, and this is an exceedingly good addition to that canon, I think. Um, and I guess more recently, Constellations by Sinead Gleeson, mm. who um, has also just been awarded, well, she's on the shortlist for the Folio Prize. So congratulations, Sinead. Um, I've got an earlier book of Anne Boyer's to read called Garments Against Women. Garments Against Women. Garments Against Women. It's one that um, our friend Manon has read and really loved and um, our other friend Claire got it at the same time as me. So, yeah, really excited about that. Um, Yeah, I look forward to getting back into that. I think my other TBR, Emma Glass, um, Rest and Be Thankful. Um, Emma Glass wrote the book Peach, which um, Jenna and I have read. Have you? Yeah. Did you Um, like Peach? Yeah, not as much as I thought I would. Mm, What about you? I feel like that's maybe not read it. Yeah, really short, sharp punch of a book. Yeah, it's about, it's kind of like Milkman. Yeah, way <laughs> which I also haven't read. Much um, more. There's like a predator following a young yeah. woman, and all the people are um, described as types of food. So that he's like a sausage, and she's I can't and I, I can't, can't remember even, anyone yeah. else. But I, those descriptions of the greasy sausage. Oh Jesus! I had a sausage for lunch today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just by itself, solo sausage. Oh no, sausage and bread. Oh, this, I'm not. I'm not crazy. This, one, <laughs> this one's called "Rest and Be Thankful," and it's about Laura, a nurse in a pediatric unit who um, cares for sick babies during the night, but she needs a rest. So, wow. yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into this. Mm. And I think that was it. Cool. Yeah. Well, you actually. Oh, and also, list, but I yes. have it too, so we can. Change over. Yeah. Um, this book called Topics of Conversation by Miranda Popkey. I've started reading it. Have you? No. It's so good. Oh, so I far. can't wait to um, yeah. read it. But it's for readers of Rachel Cusk, Lydia Davis, Jenny Offal. So. And Deborah Levy, apparently. Oh. Oh. I so can see it. First novel. And it's just all conversations with women. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that looks really good. And then I've got this really interesting looking food memoir called Burn the Place by Ileana. Ilani. Regan, um, she, I feel like this has a vibe of um, Anthony Bourdain's book. Um, Kitchen Confidential. Kitchen Confidential, but it starts her like, has her like foraging on the family farm and then running a Michelin-starred restaurant called Elizabeth. And it says her story is raw like that first bite of wild onion. (laughs) Actually, that sounds a bit weird. Um, Alive with startling imagery (laughs) and told with un uncommon emotional power um and she was an alcoholic and yada yada Sounds i think it'll be cool yeah chicago, chicago and then in preparation for alana ferrante's new book called the lying life of adults which is coming out in Ooh. june i'm going to read days of abandonment a little Great. bit of research because i know there's a dog story in here but i've been warned about it is it short stories? No, it's a it's one story about a woman whose husband just leaves her one day, and she's trying to get all the, everything sorted, and her dog's really sick, and lots of stuff's going okay. on. Hey, <laughs> keep us updated. I will, I will. Yeah. But I'm really excited about the new the new one coming yeah. out. I'm yes. curious. I'm really curious because I just thought that the um the series, which <laughs> what was it called again, the Neapolitan Quartet? <laughs> yeah, I just loved it so much. Oh, me I too. Kind of just like. I don't want to read anything else by her. That's terrible, wow. isn't it? Just Normally like, you'd be starved. But uh, I, I like that that was enough. It, it was so good that it satisfied. It was a perfect yeah. four-course meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait for the next season to come out. I don't know when that is, but fuck that TV show was Great. You know what? I fell off it, so maybe I'll get back into it. Oh, you didn't watch the whole thing? No, I didn't watch the whole thing. You know what? The violence was very... um. Violent? Confronting. <laughs> I yeah. don't even remember the violence. Me neither. So, I, I, I someone didn't got like chucked it. against a wall. I oh. thought it was so cheesy. <laughs> I hated the way it looked. Horrible art direction. Jenna, I'm so yeah. stoked to see all the library books in your pile. I know. I've been going Working hard. Though, that library hold system. <laughs> I've been going hard on the... Yeah, we um, all get a bit crazy on it yeah, when we yeah, first get on it. But it's just um, some of these books like Miranda Popkey and Burn the Place and actually Into the Dream House... 
they they're all American books that are about six months behind. Yeah. So I've just like you can get them reading ahead, so it's just yeah. easy. And often if you're if you're on top of it and you see the American reviews, you're not very long on the um yeah on the hogs yep. list. Absolutely. Uh yes, so I have been enjoying the library very much. And then your um, TBA, you've got a book that I just finished reading. Oh, yeah, 2,000 Feet Above Worry Level. I'm halfway through it. It's so cracker. I finished it. I actually read it over a weekend when I was meant to be doing some prep reading for stuff that I'm meant to be doing. And I was just having having such a good time reading it that I just, I thought I'll just dip in, I'll read a chapter just to get a feel for it. And I just kept going. And honestly, I cracked up so much. Um, My partner, Nick, was like, what are you cracking up about? You know, from the next room. It's by Eamon Mara. We should also share his article that he wrote on the spinoff. He's a Wellington guy as well. Yeah, really Um, great article on the spinoff. Yeah, it's just, it was my naughty read as well. I used to read something else and I'm like, it's just, a high compliment, I think. Because yeah, you know, we're pretty disciplined, yeah. and I. <laughs> just that like story about the wart. I was just like, <laughs> oh my you God. can read that online. Ooh. Is it on Pentagraph Punch or the spin ah. Um They've got Ugh. that except yeah. <laughs> that, that was so funny. <laughs> And just the flatmate stuff, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. just it's a great it's a great read. It is really good. That was launched with Head Girl, so to bring it yeah full circle. Yeah, that's us, hey? Yeah, that is us. So, um, thanks for sticking with us. Thank you, and thank you to Tina as always. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Um, you know that when you do rate us and leave a little comment um, apparently it helps people find us so it makes a big difference and don't forget to find us on Instagram and Twitter and email us with your thoughts too we love to hear from you that's us for now Kakite. bye Kia ora e te iwi, Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.